Action Network podcast. Are you going to place a bet or what? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. This is the NFL edition of our Experts Guide to Betting series. I'm your host, Maria Marino. Excited to be joined by NFL betting experts, Chris Raybon and Stucky. Fellas, how we doing? Doing as good as we can be doing with no football, but it's coming, you know. It's, it's, yes. it's only about a week away. Stop. For you, for me, you got a little more time. I don't get involved in preseason. I don't have any time. Way too busy with college football and NFL prep. But yeah, it's football is in the air. Got a couple college football podcasts I'm recording later today. Quick uh, shameless plug for Big Bets on Campus yes. if you don't listen to that. So I'm excited to run this back with uh, Raybon on uh, for another full season. Should be fun. I do want to remind you, though, that Chris and Stuck will be bringing you our flagship NFL betting preview episodes here on the Action Network podcast every Thursday this fall for a fifth consecutive season. Wow, you guys are vets. And before we actually get into all the best practices for betting NFL, I do want to lay out sort of your qualifications and what makes each of you an expert betting this sport so, Raymond, we'll start with you. How long have you been betting NFL? How often do you bet during the year? And anything else you want to add? I've been watching every snap of every game since 2010, betting since uh, the mid-2010s, 143, 70, and 267%. Last season, overall, over the past five seasons, I've logged uh, just over 1,300 bets uh, and won at a 57% clip, but most importantly, I know Stucky's going to tell you he's been betting since like the nineties. And I just, <laughs> I just want, old. I just want everybody to know that I've, I've, I've beat him two of the last three times in our podcast. So whatever qualifications he has, I'm just going to piggyback off that. <laughs> uh, well, I will say one NFL season, very, very small sample size. So yeah, but I, I like getting the uh, competitive juices going before this season. Yeah. I've been betting NFL, Every week for, I guess, over 20 years now since high school. I will say that, you know, since the origin of the app, I don't know, about 7.5% ROI, I think, with like close to 1,500 bets. For the first seven to eight years through high school, through college, I was not making money. Making dumb bets, parlays, pleasers, which are like reverse teasers. It was pretty much in all my betting outside of college basketball. But one season is very small sample size in the NFL. Like you could just, you could, there's, there's only so many games. There's only so many Sundays. Um, it's not like a, you know, a college basketball, baseball, NBA, where you're, you know, you're, the amount of bets that you're going to make during a season trumps what you're going to do in the NFL. So you kind of want to get a pretty large sample size over a couple of seasons. And once I started, you know, tracking my, all of my bets, I realized some of the things that I was doing wrong, which we'll touch on throughout this episode. And the fun of it and the challenge never gets old to me. Wow. I feel like you sold it right there in that phrase that the, the fun never gets old. Also appreciate you pointing out the humble beginnings. I think that's super relatable. So here's the question. You know, how can a regular listener out there actually become good at betting NFL just generally? So I got three things if, if we're going to keep it general. The first thing is target underdogs and unders. Because what usually happens is the public is going to, the majority of the public is going to bet on favorites and the majority of the public's going to bet on overs. It's been about 60% 
uh, for both, you know, the favorites gotten the majority of the money over 60% of the time. And so do the overs. So you're going to get a little bit of line value just by kind of focusing on those as it is. And it's a lot, especially with underdogs in the NFL, it's a lot easier to, to pick a team that, you know, maybe can keep it closer than thought than to pick a team to not only win, but then to win by a certain margin. That's just, uh, I've always found that more difficult because there's a lot of regression and luck and, and things like that in the NFL. Uh, so underdogs and under is my number one thing. Number two, uh, it's kind of along those same lines. It's you generally want to be on the opposite side of the public. So, uh, you know, we can track the bets and money in the Action Network app. So you can see, for example, okay, the Chiefs are getting 80% of the bets and 82% of the money. When you're betting, you generally want to be on the other side of that. Even if you are betting a favorite, you don't want to be betting, let's say, like a public underdog or, or something like that. Usually you, that line is going to be inflated because, you know, the books are taking a lot of money on it and they're, they're going to move the line accordingly and you're not really going to get any value. And then the third thing is it's it's very important in the NFL because the NFL is a very, very sharp market. A ton of money comes in every week on the NFL. It's pretty much the most popular sport at, at every sports book. So what you have to do is you have to line shop uh, and get the best of the line, which it means uh, I would recommend having multiple sports book accounts because you're going to be looking for, you know, a half point here, half point there. And those things are going to add up, especially if you can get it on a key number, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, I think line shopping is crucial. So underdogs and unders, fading the public uh, and line shopping. Wow, great breakdown. And I think the Action app is definitely a, a great way to line shop. That's one of the benefits mm -hmm. of, of using the Action app. Of course, you can follow both of these guys in there. Once again, it's Chris Raybon and Stucky. I'm in the app as well, but I'm, I'm very selective with my bets. So we'll, we'll see what I throw in there. But uh, Stuck, was there anything else you wanted to add just in terms of like for a regular, like average person, casual fan, maybe of the NFL to become good at betting it? Yeah. I mean, it's tough for just an average rec, you know, recreational better to become good at betting NFL. It's a super efficient market, but there are things that you can do. Number one, you know, get rid of all the dumb bets that you make that, you know, if you want to do some for fun and it's just for entertainment, you have to remember that. Great. You want to put in your eight to 10 team parlays, your same game, parlays, fine. But if you want to actually get better um, and improve your ROI, you know, get rid of those. But I think the best thing that you can do as a recreational better is speaking of the action app, find someone that you trust with a proven track record. And this is why, you know, you're going to, if you go on Twitter or wherever, you're going to have a lot of people claiming that they're, great at betting and beat the NFL. There's not many who do. And that's why tracking is so important. Find someone with an established track record that you can follow. And also you want to bet early in the week. And as Rayvon said, you want to shop around, get the best of the number. It's the easiest thing you can do to improve your ROI. So that's just having as many outs as possible. Half point here or there, that will add up over time. Also, as Rayvon alluded to, huge money in the NFL, super efficient market. There are enormous groups betting just insane amounts of money. But a lot of that has to be filled later in the week, uh, on the weekend. So early in the week, the market is going to be softer. You're a recreational better. There're more opportunities there. It's you know, you're not don't have to worry about limits or you know, moving the market like, but you want to bet early in the week. And 
uh, track your bets. Like just going back to the action app over time, you'll see, am I good? Am I not? If yeah. I'm not, where, where are my weaknesses? Is it totals? Is it sides? Am I doing too, you'll, you'll see, am I doing too many parlays? Am I, you know, am I good in teasers? So uh, there are also some softer markets out there with like teasers that you can potentially bet before getting limited. And then the prop prop betting, we'll yeah. talk about that. Raybon, uh, can especially speak to that. And if you don't follow him and Sean Kerner, you know, you'll see their props when they release them move immediately. Like, you know, yes. sometimes six, seven yards on like a wide receiver prop that shows you that the market is a lot more inefficient. And, you know, oddsmakers aren't spending as much time on there because there's lower limits. And, you know, you can't possibly spend all this time, you know, getting nailing every single player prop and they're not really worried about that because the limits are much lower. But if you're a recreational better, you don't have to worry about those limits. So attack the prop betting market, follow people who are good there, and then notifications on the app. You got to be quick. Those yards, just like those half points, they add up. Again, shop around, best of number. That comes down to having multiple outs. And uh, by outs, I mean just as many accounts or sports books as you possibly can. And then, you know, especially if you're in a new state, take advantage of those bonuses. That's just free money out there that you're leaving on the table if you don't. And one thing I want to add to, to what Stucky said, uh, it, that was a great breakdown. And when he said, you know, tracking, one thing that I would also mention is track the bets that you thought about making but didn't make. Because I know a lot of people, especially when they're just getting into betting, they're kind of on the fence and they're like, oh, maybe I should have bet that. And then, you know, if it hits, they they regret not betting it. And, you know, may, that might make them, you know, tilt or, or bet more next time. So, Track the bets you don't make as well just to see, you know, were you on the right track or were you, were you better off for staying away? So, you know, track as much as you can. And, and I think the non-bets are are part of that. Yeah, because people have selective memory. Uh, I I do it myself. I will look at a card, and regardless of sport, and I'll say to myself, it's just all this is is psychological cognitive biases. I'll say, oh, man. I would have bet that, that, and that that are winners. And then, you know, the, the ones that are losers, I'll say to myself, you know what, but I kind of didn't like the side because of that. Like you, you'll, you'll you convince yourself that you should have, you should have hit this on a, you know, Sunday night. You should, you weren't going to hit that if it didn't hit. So you, you can really get yourself in trouble psychologically. That goes back to, you know, trying to avoid tilt, chasing. Those are the bad things. And that's a lot of betters are vulnerable here because of the way the NFL is structured. You have your, so your early slate on Sunday, your late slate, then your Sunday night game and your Monday night game. A lot of people call them your chaser specials. So if you're, you know, kind of vulnerable to, you know, tilting, chasing, all the things that betters really should just that, that get most people in trouble. If you think about it, if I went to, I always use this analogy, but I asked my little sister to make my bets for an entire season and she just flipped a coin. You know, I'm just going to juice out. I'm not going to get in too much trouble. I'm going to hit you know, just 50% mm -hmm. over a, a long period of time. But why do people get in much more trouble? It's all of those uh, behavioral finance issues chasing on the Sunday night game, Monday night game. So if, you know, you're vulnerable to those things, that put your Sunday night and your Monday night bet in before uh, the, you know, your Sunday slate starts. Also, going back to what we said, if you're betting that those games right before kick, that's the most efficient number out there. Um, so betting those games early to avoid potential chasing and getting yourself in a hole you can't get out of uh, is something that a recreational better can do to just avoid those issues. It's such a great idea to track even the bets that you're 
thinking about because it's all about that accountability piece. That's how you're, in my opinion, ultimately going to become successful. And I want to take this a step further. I think some of the, you know, pillars for betting NFL might be kind of obvious because people are so familiar with the NFL stuff. You brought up the schedule before, but is there anything that, you know, we might not be thinking of uh, that's obvious in terms of just the basics that you got to know going in, Rayvon? Yeah. So I think there are, there are a ton when you talk about pillars and, the thing you have to keep in mind it, throughout all of this, like the, the the one pillar, if there's one, is you have to find an edge compared to the market. The market is going to have what it thinks is should be the true line. And you have to find an edge in, 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 in the sense that you think that the true line is off from the market's line. So the first thing, you need a way to quantify that, uh, you know, for whatever you're betting. So if you're betting sides, for example, you need a way to say, okay, this team is X amount of points better than the other team. Now, it could be as simple as, you know, some people just do it in their heads. You know, they just eyeball it. Some people could, you know, would look at something as simple as like a team score, uh, you know, average points or average point differential. Uh, maybe you schedule adjust it, you know, obviously regress it to the mean somewhat, but you could go advanced too. You could go with a, a more complex metric like, you know, taking like a DVOA or yards per play or EPA, EPA and converting that to points. But whatever you do, you need a way to just know what the real line should be. And then you need to know how to, you know, what your edge is going to be. So an edge can come from a variety of things that the market may not have fully factored in or, or, or even accounted for at all. But, you know, injuries, are, are, are some. So you always want to keep it, keep, uh, you know, keep that injury report and that practice report during the week uh, in mind, situational spots, you know, a team coming off a blowout, you know, tends to play better, a blowout loss that is tends to play better the next week. Te teams that blow out teams tend to have letdowns uh, the next week rest, you know, different amounts of rest will, will uh, factor in, especially teams coming off a buy. That's extra preparation Thursday night, shorter rest, that means the better team, it usually benefits the better team. That's why favorites uh, tend to, to do better on Thursdays. But like some of the edges that I tend to look for that I don't think the market fully factors in, uh, even beyond the things I just mentioned, pressure. I, I think it's really hard to quantify pressure, but it, it, now with all the advanced metrics we have, uh, we definitely can do it. And, you know, if there's a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, I usually uh, bet against him when he's going up against a defense that could get pressure. Or, you know, when a, when a team usually, when a, when a defense doesn't get much pressure, but the opposing quarterback just isn't really good, great from a clean pocket. So it doesn't really matter. Things like that, that go beyond just, you know, two power ratings or whatever that wouldn't capture all the nuances, uh, specific matchups, you know, maybe wide receiver cornerback or something like that, um, that would uh, take, you know, take away a key part of the other team's offense, any type of schematic advantages. And then trends are a big one. You know, Stuck and I tend to mention on the pods all the time, but, um, you know, trend, you would never want to blindly bet on trends, but um, you can use our Action Labs database uh, and we do all the time to kind of look at trends. For example, uh, you know, Andy Reid is great off a of buy. Mike Tomlin's great as an underdog. And even if you're not going to bet on those trends, what I always like to do is, I never like to bet against a trend um, unless I really have a, a big edge in, in my projected numbers. So I, I'll usually never bet 
or against the Steelers when they're an underdog, even, you know, even if I'm not betting on them. Uh, and then correlations, NFL, there's so many correlations. So, um, you know, you, you want to avoid the ones that are going to hurt you, which a lot of times means don't parlay, don't same game parlay. I I tend to like to have one bet per game uh, because let's say you're betting a side and a total in the same game, you know, for that side to win, you might need them to score another touchdown. But if you had the under, you know, you might not only be able to win one out of two. And that's kind of what the book is counting on same thing for a, a prop in a side or a prop in a total. So uh, I like to kind of avoid correlation and, and instead uh, try to hit each game on the slate rather than multiple bets uh, in one game. And then of course there's key numbers, you know, three and seven for spreads. That just means the games are going to land on that the most. So if you're betting an underdog, a three and a half is a, is worth a lot more than a three uh, and a plus seven and a half is worth a lot more than a plus seven. And if you're betting on a favorite, Uh, A minus two and a half is worth a lot more than a minus three and a minus six and a half is worth a lot more than a minus seven. uh, Because again, those are the the most common numbers that the games are going to land on for totals. There's a, there's a host of numbers, um, you know, 41, just kind of all the numbers that, um, you know, scores will kind of add up to. Uh, So key numbers, very important because you always, when when we talk about kind of shopping around, getting the best line, if you can get like a half point on and off or off a key number, that's worth more uh, than just a half point. So um, those are some of the things that, uh, that that I think you have to look out for. Yeah. That, and that goes back to, to shopping around, especially it's even, it's always important, but especially around key numbers. And yeah, if you can find a seven and a half on an underdog instead of a seven, that's a massive edge right there, but it also should impact the timing of when you're making bets. So I said, you're, you know, it's, for a recreational better, it's in the NFL specifically, it's better to bet early in the week where the market is softer. But if say you like a seven and a half point favorite and you know, it's Monday or Tuesday, there's no rush there. I mean, if it goes up to eight, not a huge deal, a little bigger deal than it used to be with more two point conversions, but that the chance of it dropping down to seven and getting a seven is massive Wait for that monitor the market. I find most of my, just, you know, schematically um you know i think that there's still some value in cluster injuries um schematic matchups matchups in the trenches those are a little more advanced i think that just having an overarching philosophy of buying low and selling high in the nfl if you just like if you just keep that in mind when you're betting you know again small sample size over the course of the season it's a league of parity especially early in the season Teams are never as good or as bad as they seem on their best and the worst weeks. So, you know, if the team, you can look, I mean, this, the trends speak to this. You know, a team gets blown out by 40 points and they look awful, especially early in the week before you get the big money coming in. You're probably going to have an overreaction to that result from the week prior. So if you're just buying low, selling high, just keeping that overarching philosophy in mind, you'll be better off than, you know, 99% of recreational betters. Man, you guys came to play today. Uh, super comprehensive breakdown. And I think probably a, a key takeaway from that is just you need to establish your own betting model and have a consistent process and not get sort of swayed by narrative and, you, you know, your own biases. So, uh, Stuck, jumping off that in terms of the parity in the NFL, would you say that's one of the unique challenges in addition to the market being so sharp because it is so popular? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's going to be tough for a recreational better to build their own model, especially in you know if you want to build like a player prop model and focus on one specific area. If if you have the you know the 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 kind of the skills to do that, then there are some opportunities there. But trying to build a model that's just going to beat the market right now um, from scratch, if you're that's it's very difficult to do. Plus, in the NFL, I mean, my dog can pretty much tell you around where the line is going to be. Um, so you're talking like fractional edges just from a pure numbers perspective. It's a lot more advanced than that. You can build a basic model to and see how you do over time, but and then you know refine it, get better. But it's only going to get more difficult, and the market's only going to get more efficient as more and more advanced models and you know AI come in to play. But um, yeah, I think that just you can also look. There are only a handful of teams in the NFL compared to college football, college basketball. But if you want, if you're first starting out and you want to get better maybe take take a division take a conference and really go deep i mean you know people have that are doing this recreation have other jobs so you can't you know follow all the teams <laughs> really in depth like we do but one of the things i try to do throughout the week is just pick up a little little nugget here or there from you know beat writers local podcasts that cover every team i mean i'm listening on 2x just throughout the entire week you got you listen to an an hour to pick out one little nugget and you say okay how does this impact this let me take a deeper look at their coverage so you know if you want to you know you're not gonna have time to do that if you have a life and family so maybe focus on a division become you know an expert on you know a handful of teams within the nfl and start there but yeah it's a super efficient market especially late in the week and you always have to remember that it's not easy to beat so the best thing that you can do is avoid all those pitfalls that most recreational betters fall into you know the the chasing, not shopping around, tilting, putting in dumb bets, um, all of those things are the easiest thing that you can dumb do uh, to just cut out all of the the excess losses that you're probably suffering. And then once you're there, that's just, those all the low hanging fruit that most bettors aren't aren't capturing. So um, focus on that to start. Track, see where you're getting better. Find some people that you trust to follow with a proven track record. Um, and then uh, you'll be better off than you have been in, in prior seasons. And as Raybon has alluded to, and this goes back to buying a I don't be afraid of underdogs. Don't be afraid of the ugly teams in the NFL. Shop around, be aware of those key numbers, and uh, attack the softer markets like props, even some of your, your long teasers, your six-point teasers across key numbers, and do it early in the week. Um, but always be cognizant of those key numbers. Yeah, it's like – to, to piggyback on Stucky's point with the, you know, creating your own model, that's going to be really tough if you're just starting out. And as Stucky said, you're probably talking about a fraction of a point and you're going to spend so much time trying to get the, just get the basic model. Right. So I, I just think, you know, like Stucky and I, we create models because we've been doing this our whole life. We, we want to be able to quantify the little edges that we see. But if you're just starting out, I say focus on the edges because, you know, the, remember the NFL, you, you score in sixes and sevens and threes. And so any little edge is going to be worth a lot more than trying to get the exact like baseline number right to like, uh, you know, a half a point or a point. So like, if you want to focus on a specific type of edge, that could be your thing. Like maybe you're the guy who just 
or, or the guy or gal who just focuses on offensive line injuries because you know when team centers are, are out they tend to, to struggle when the tack when the left tackle especially or the blind side tackle is out teams tend to struggle so maybe you just focus on, on injuries maybe you focus on pressure that's that's something I, I do a lot like I'm always focused on the pressure matchup for every uh you know, every matchup. And that's a lot of my bets are just, okay, I think this, this team is going to struggle. You know, this quarterback's going to struggle under pressure more than is implied by the line. So uh, uh, Stucky, he's really good with betting on teams coming off ugly performances, like essentially buying low. Like he said, you know, a team comes off a blowout. Sometimes if you look at the trends for that team, the next week, you know, teams off a 20 point blowout or, or things like that. They usually hit 60 plus percent of the time. So you can kind of focus on whatever edge that you feel like you have a good grip on uh, and, and just, and, and that will be a lot more valuable than feeling like you have to first get exactly, you know, get that baseline exactly right. Like that's something that we do because we want to be able to be exact and we want to be able to give you the exact numbers and tell you exactly when to, where to bet a line to and, and things like that. But if you're just starting out, just focus on the edges because the standard deviation is going to be so much higher for those little edges than it's going to be for, you know, getting a line, you know, projecting a line, a point or two within a point or two. And then you're still going to have to make the adjustments that are going to actually give you the edge. So focus on the edges. I would say that that's kind of the shortcut. And, uh, and, and if you're tracking what you're doing, uh, you're, you're going to kind of get the hang of it over time, even if it doesn't work out, you know, the first few times. Right. This is all kind of a lot to take in, which is why, Again, following folks that already put the work in, like yourselves who have betting models, I mean, that's that's going to be the, the real key to starting out and then sort of developing your own process for those edges. And to that end, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to Stucky's dog um, having an account in the Action app because, you know, his betting model or her <laughs> betting model might be might be halfway decent. Um, so look, we've, we've talked about some of the challenges. Sucky also uh, mentioned some of the tools and, and resources that maybe we should have to refer to um, in our toolkit, such as like, you know, certain accounts to follow. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add there, Sucky, as far as just like data points that you really need to know or any other like tools? Yeah, I mean, if you're getting really advanced, there's lots of there's lots of things that you can scrape to pull into models. There's lots of resources there in that aspect. There's tons of sites too, like you like PFF um, is they're, they're going to grade every player. You have sites like SIS that are going to you're going to look at schemes and how some quarterbacks do against zone and man, what what defensive schemes certain teams are playing, and you know, so there's a ton. I mean, they're going to cost you money, uh, and also they're other people are buying them. So be aware that it's public. And but and I also, I think that you can be aware that there are some limitations in those. Like I think PFF does a great job, but I think that there's some flaws in how they grade cornerbacks and, and secondaries in general. So um, there you can potentially find some edges if you can find a way that you disagree with some of these public resources out there. Tons of beat writers. I mean, NFL is covered so in depth. Also just you go, go to, um, you know, there's, we have a, a bot that's going to tweet out all the updates, a, a bot account from every single beat writer in the NFL. I always retweet it during the season, but you can follow, there's even local 
um, podcast for every team. There's multiple. You can find some really, really good, smart people that are covering teams. And it might they might not be great at betting, but you can find little nuggets here and there because they're so entrenched in following their team. It's, they're living, dying, breathing on their one team. And then they're going to try and summarize it in a couple hours a week. So if you have the time, and again, if you don't, this is why you want to focus maybe on a couple teams. Um, there's a lot of great resources out. It's just trying to find, okay, and then there's great. There's podcasts, there's articles. It's You want to really, it's up to, you know, it's going to be, you have to personalize it based on the amount of time that you have uh, to spend on this during the week based on all of your other obligations. So you want to just, you know, try and see what's out there give a lot of different things a chance and then find, okay, what's the best balance of what do I need to listen to? Who do I trust? Who has a proven track record? Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many different resources out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sites out there where you can um, get very analytical. And then there's also just great podcasts, locally focused, generally focused. Um, so there's just, there's an unlimited amount of resources because the NFL is, is covered so in depth. It's just a matter of finding, the right balance which with works for your life and uh that's a constant i that's a process that i refine every single season every single week it's like okay i'm not really finding too much value from listening to this podcast oh this person's writing some interesting things i'm going to check them out um so it's a it's not a thing where you just figure it out once it's a, a constant changing evolving process cool uh raybon any other resources that you specifically wanted to tack onto that? Yeah, I think, I think the action app first and foremost, you know, even if I did not work here, I swear I would use this app every day when I bet, because not only can you view all the lines uh, at all the books and, and kind of customize it to whatever books you have. Um, but you can also look at the amount of money and and bets on each team. You can set alerts for when a line hits a, a you know maybe you're waiting for a, a line that's plus seven to get to seven and a half. You can get an alert when it does. You can get an alert you know when a game is about to start or just anything like that. So uh, and of course you can get alerts when I post a pick or Stucky post a pick or Sean Kerner post a pick or anybody uh, that you choose. So. Um, I think the app is very crucial and you can also track all your bets, you know, even, and you can even put, you know, zero units if you want to just track those bets that, you know, you were thinking about, but didn't want to actually play. So I, I think that's the number one thing. Uh, and then as Stucky said, you know, football outsiders, PFF, sports info solutions, pro football reference is one I don't think we mentioned yet. That's a good one to just pull in, you know, all the basic NFL team and, and player stats. I always work in, in game logs um, because that helps me, you know, let's say uh, I'm trying to see what a, a team looks like with uh, a certain player out for a number of games. I can just kind of uh, filter for the game logs that he's out versus the game logs that he played and, and things like that. So I always import all, team and player game logs uh, into, into a spreadsheet. Again, that's if you're going the data route. The Athletic is, is a really good source. Uh, it's it's subscription, but I find their beat writers are a little bit above uh, some of the rest. So uh, I always kind of check out them for what Stucky mentioned. You know, they're going to have that expert knowledge of their team. And a lot of times when we, when you talk about finding an edge, a lot of times it'll be something that I read in a, 
from a beat writer that inspires me like looking deeper into an edge that I end up finding. So maybe a beat writer will mention a certain scheme or a certain, you know, thing that uh, a certain player or, or, or unit on the team is good or bad at. And you kind of dig deeper into that, that might be your edge. So um, don't underestimate that. Don't just look for betting content because what's going to happen is if you try to over consume only betting content, you're going to eventually run into a situation where Stucky and I are on the chiefs. And this other person that you follow is on the opposite side. They're on the lines or something like that. So, you know, you, you, you want to get it to where you're not just, you're, you know, like kind of running in circles with all these picks from everybody and, and you're not, you're back at square one again. Um, and also, uh, you know, Maria, you asked about the challenges to the NFL earlier. I think one of the big ones that we haven't fully mentioned is that it's not just parody and it's not just that there's a lot of luck in the NFL, it's that the schedule is very limited. So you, a lot of times you're going to be able to find an edge by schedule adjusting numbers. And that's why I think football outsiders uh, is a great resource for people that don't necessarily want to build their own models because DVOA is schedule adjusted and it's offense, defense, special teams. So uh, a lot of times you could just look at that and get a much better idea and those numbers won't necessarily match like the market all the time. Like I remember last season, the Giants Vikings game, you know, DVOA had the Vikings as like a bottom five or bottom 16 overall. And I'm like, how is this team even favored right now? Much less favored by more than a field goal. I was like, Giants are the better team. And that was something like I had other reasons and a lot of points for, for feeling like that, but I could have just gone straight to DVOA and said, look, the Vikings are like 26 and the Giants are 21st. Giants are the better team. Home field advantage isn't worth, you know, five points or whatever they were giving the Vikings. So um, thing, that that's crucial, uh, you know, for, you know, for, for I think uh, a novice, even if you're not creating a model or anything, just being able to look at a schedule adjusted metric, because remember, you're only playing 14 unique opponents in, in a season. So, you know, that that's less than half the league. So a lot of times you're going to get an edge because the team looks like one way, one week, and then next week, whole different opponent. They look completely different um, and you're going to get an edge that way. So um, be, be aware of the strength of schedule, schedule adjustments and thing like that. And, and I think football outsiders is a, is a great one uh, for that. So much great advice here on the Experts Guide to Betting NFL on the Action Network podcast. We do have just a few more things we want to touch on before we wrap up. And one of them was teased at the beginning of the show. That's the NFL offseason and preseason. Um, Stucky, you indicated you're not a big fan <laughs> of, uh, you know, doing too much in the preseason. But... <sighs> I guess, so I guess, Raymond, I'll start with you. Like, what do you need to just stay on top of during the NFL offseason? What are you doing right now to prep for the season? Well, one of the key things, and this is for, I would say, intermediate to advanced, but um, I think this is where even a lot of people that do make their models or, or some kind of model and, and kind of know what they're doing, they still get this wrong. So, you have to incorporate prior season data into your ra ratings or rankings or whatever you're using. So I do a lot of quote unquote sharp betters that say, that say, Oh, I'm not even going to bet to week five. Cause I want to get, you know, four weeks of data in, but it's like, no, like you don't need four weeks of Patrick Mahomes 
quarterbacking the Chiefs offense to to give you information about uh you know the Chiefs offense. You have like five seasons of that. So you just have to know how much to use of that and how much to regress to the mean. And that's where you know modeling comes in and you run your regressions and, and different things like that. But you plus, always, plus the entire market has will have four weeks of data. I mean, you're not like exactly. Yeah. Oh. So it's it's like a big thing. A big thing that I do is I'm always using some form of prior data. Now that changes for different stats. Like for example, you know, turnovers are like very random. So like when I'm projecting a quarterback's interception rate, I might have to use his entire career because, it, you know, it doesn't even get to like 50, 50, you know, 50% regression, 50% actual stat until about 1700 pass attempts, which is like four or five seasons for most quarterbacks. Whereas you, you might have like a stat, like, uh, yards per attempt, which is, uh, you know, it stabilizes a lot quicker. So you could throw out a lot of the older stuff. You want to look at the more recent stuff, because obviously that depends on, you know, the receivers and the O-line and things like that, uh, a little, you know, a little more current. So you just, but you do want to, you know, draw upon prior season data. So that's what I'm doing is I'm kind of updating my ratings for, you know, as I'm going into week one, it's like, okay, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't just, pick up where it left off last season because a lot of time has passed. So you're going to like apply a little bit of regression because it's going to be a little randomness with, you know, guys aging and things changing and roster turnover, but you do want to incorporate past season data. And I do think that's an edge even over some of the, the, you know, the sharper uh, betters and groups that a lot of times are just using uh, a lot more current season data, which is going to be a lot more um, volatile because 16 games is just not enough. Uh, for like for example, a lot of stats uh, take more than 16 games to even hit 50%, you know, skill, 50% luck, or you know, 50% regression, 50% true stats. So you just kind of that that's one thing I think is big. Another thing, if you're betting totals, yeah. Pay, uh, Pro Football Reference has a, a page called NFL League Averages. It goes year by year, just gives you the averages for everything, you know, pass attempts, points, all these different things. Uh, check uh, on those and update your you, those assumptions because, like, for example, in 2020 when there was no uh like the the crowd wasn't as much of a factor right. we saw a scoring go up then the last couple of years they changed the penalty rules a little and we saw things change with that you know scoring uh you know when, when they they changed the offensive holding rules they changed the kickoff touchback rules at five extra yards if you're doing like a point per yard model that's something you need to know because now teams the field position is going to be a little different so things like that when you're betting totals uh, are the league knowing the league averages and updating those uh, are crucial because they are changing ever so slightly. And when you're talking about you know a point here, half a point there for a total, that could add up um, very quickly. So um, I think that that's really important. And, and again, also the home field advantage. That's something where it's been changing over. To, it's been dwindling for the most part over these last five to 10 years. So um, that's also something where you can just go in pro football reference, you know, import the game logs for, for all the games of last season and just look at the home team point differential versus the road team. Or they even have a, a app called Stathead on pro football reference. Uh, I believe it's subscription-based, uh, but you can you could just kind of do the math for you. Just look at all the home teams and their point differentials, but you want to keep, uh, you know, be aware of the, the, the home field advantage. And then, you know, it's different for different teams. So if you want to go back, you can actually look at, you know, data going further back to, to kind of get it for, for different teams. Because a lot of times when you look at a line and, and you, you you don't understand exactly why it is, it might be, okay, well, Kansas City, Green Bay, they have big, uh, New Orleans, they have bigger home field advantages than a, a team like Cincinnati 
or for example, the, or the chargers. And sometimes when like, this is just a ran a, a tip that people forget, but like, let's say the Browns are playing the Bengals. Like they're both in Ohio. There's really no home field advantage to speak of either, like either way. So, um, you know, things like that, it, you always want to keep in mind, but yeah, in the off season, I think it's updating league averages, uh, uh, you know, if, if there's any rule changes, trying to account for those with how you think the league average could change uh, and kind of just reviewing the, the home field advantage and and using the uh, the last season's like updating last season's numbers and prior season numbers to into a rating for for the current season. If you're if you're doing like advanced modeling. Yeah, that's I, I spend that's what I'm spending my entire offseason doing. You have your end of season power ratings from mm-hmm. last year. Then you go back and you want to analyze them. OK. Where was I off on a team? Do I want to look a little deeper and then be comfortable with where my model and where my, you know, basically where the league stands at the end of last season. And then you're adjusting them for age, free agency, trades, draft, coaching changes. And then you want to get comfortable with where your starting point is for this coming season. And then as Rayvon alluded to that, those are basically your adjusted prior numbers and then as the season goes on you want to continue to use them but you kind of reduce the amount that you're using them over time as you get more data you know so your priors will not mean as much kind of a blended power rating you know in week 10 as they do in week one as it comes when it comes to preseason and i'll just set up raybon here because the, the, the market is softer it's a sharp betters sharps can make a ton of money betting preseason it's a lot softer a lot more inefficient because if you have a really good, this goes back to props too. If you have a really good player, you know, there's there's a lot of correlation there. If you have a really good player prop model, you can beat the market. Now the limits aren't going to be ridiculous, but and that's one of the reasons why you can beat it. But preseason's all about figuring out who's going to play and how much, and that could that could come down to props or the spread. There's also coaching that matters. Um, you know, like the Ravens who have a lot of depth and a really good coaching staff, which is why they always cover. But preseason is all about just figuring out who's going to play and for how long. Um, right. And then if you can model that right, you can beat preseason um, just like you can beat player props uh, during the regular season. Amazing. Just a few more points we want to cover here before we go. Stucky, let's get a little granular with it. Could you just describe an ideal betting opportunity for you personally heading into an NFL game? Yeah, I'll use a, a real world uh, example from my biggest my biggest win that I've ever had was November 2019. The Patriots, I think, were 8-0 and the Ravens were, I think, 5-2 coming off of a bye at home. It was, a, I think it was a Sunday night or Monday night game. And, but the, the Patriots were, yes, 8-0 with Tom Brady, Belichick. They have the market name recognition, but they were a fraudulent 8-0. I mean, the turnover luck was extreme. They played a bunch of backups. They had holes in their defense, and they were just ripe for the picking. So this is buying low, so selling high on the Patriots. The Ravens were also coming off a buy. Harbaugh, great staff, amazing off the buy. One of the coaches that I actually give a significant bump for. And this line can, and the matchup, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, heavy rush attack. The Patriots run defense was extremely vulnerable. If you kind of looked under the hood a bit. And so this kind of hits everything. And then this line came out the week before. I think it opened at like six, which was insane. 
immediately got bet, came down, and they kept coming down. I think it closed at like three. Later in the season, the Ravens would have been favored in the spot. And the Ravens, I think, were up by like 21 at one point. They won by, I think they won by 14 or 17. So this had everything. This was selling high, um, you know, kind of getting under the hood of a team, the matchup, betting early in the week, shopping around, beating the market. Um, and you kind of got a coaching angle, schedule angle in there. And, uh, yeah, that's the, kind of the, one of the – my biggest win ever in the NFL and uh, kind of hit all of the things that I'm looking for at once. That is super thrilling. We're going to get uh Ravon's ultimate thrill betting an NFL game as well. But first I just want to touch on live betting Raybon, uh Any thoughts on live betting NFL or best practices there? Yeah. The first thing is I would say limit your, your unit size. So the same way I mentioned, you don't want to have too much exposure to one game uh, pregame. You also don't want to have too much exposure to a game live, especially because that's when, you, you know, all those biases that Stucky talked about, those tend to come out, you start chasing or you get overconfident. So I generally would say have a plan going in. Like, for example, maybe you like an, an underdog, but they haven't moved off seven and you figure, Hey, if, if uh, you know, if the other team scores first, that line's going to go to to probably 10, 10 and a half, maybe even more if they score a touchdown. So, uh, you know, kind of just looking for a bet that you would already feel comfortable pregame, but trying to get a better number. If, you know, that, you know, thing, you know, uh, like a certain uh, event happens, like the other, you know, the opposite side scoring first, or if you're betting an under, maybe, you know, you know, teams, you know, the score a little higher than you expected in the first quarter, things like that. That's generally my approach. And I would generally restrict it to like a half unit if I'm usually betting full units on uh, on games pregame because you just want to be careful. Um, there's more variance. And also a lot of times books are juicing up these in-game live lines. So, you know, usually a standard bet is minus 110 if you're betting a, a side uh, or a total. But you, to bet that same side, in game, it might be minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. So you're already losing some of the edge there. Um, so you really want to be careful uh, with that. But the only other times I, I really would suggest going in on, on on a live bet is if you if a key player gets injured, uh, and you know a lot of times these 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 live lines are algorithm based. And so if uh, you know if a Tyreek Hill goes down or or Tua Tagovailoa, that the line might not necessarily reflect that at least immediately. So if you can get that, that lot, that bet in quick uh, on the opposite team uh, you, you, you're going to be in a plus EV situation, but that's, that's basically the, the, the only time I kind of go without having a plan going in is if just a, a key player gets hurt uh, in game. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. This is, you know, this is for recreational better. So it, you can, I think for the most part, recreational models can get themselves in more trouble um, betting live. And there's also delays, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from what you're seeing to the one you're actually uh, get your bet in if it is accepted. So, yeah, but I think it was, I think that I was going to say the same thing, have a plan. So if you liked an underdog and it was, you know, sitting at six and a half all week and never got to that seven, you wanted the seven. That's okay. Don't force your bet. You can, you have a sweat in and of itself saying, Oh, maybe I'll get a better number. Let's root for the other team uh, to score first. And then I'll get my better number. And, you go into the game saying, I want this underdog at, you know, seven plus. Um, and then, you know, adjust it based on what you're seeing. 
You might say, oh, you know what? I don't like what I saw on that first drive. But I think having a plan going in and then, of course, shop around. You could see even more variance in different lines that are offered. Um, uh, again, keep key numbers in mind when it comes to live betting. But I would agree with that advice. Before, uh, oh, sorry. I, I was going to say, just to add on to that, like before you place a live bet, I would recommend – like for it's, it usually works best with an island game or game where you're just watching that one game, whatever game that may be, but just keep your app open or whatever sites or, or books you, you bet on and just watch the live line change as things happen in the game. So like, you know, there'll be times where no one's scoring why, as and time is passing. Watch how the live line changes. There'll be times when a team goes and, and scores uh, you know, a touchdown on a drive. How does the line change? So just kind of get an idea of how the line moves and where you think you see the edges are first. And then you'll be a lot more prepared, you know, when you're actually looking for something uh, specific going forward. But I think it's always a good idea to just get an idea of how the line moves. Cause again, it's all algorithm based. They're going to, the, the books are going to start with the pregame line or, or whatever they thought was the, the true line for the pregame line. And then it's probably going to be some type of like points per drive, uh, you know, EPA type of situation where, you know, if it's like third and 10 in field goal range, you know, th- there's probably going to be like a, a a three like three expected points that the line is probably going to go toward that way and then you know if a team has like first and goal the line's going to going to be a lot closer to you know that full six or seven so it's like just kind of getting an idea of how the books are moving lines with all the different situations uh and likelihoods of of a team scoring so um i think that that's that's pretty that's pretty key and you can also if you have action labs a great tool um, I use it every week. Uh, it can save trends for you and things like that. But Action Labs has a second half filter. So you can build trends specifically for second halves of games. So, for example, let's say a favorite uh, of, of double digits is down by double digits at the half. You know, that might be a good time to bet that favorite in the second half. Or it might be a good time to fade them because everyone thinks that the, the team is going to come back. But either way, Action Labs will tell you, um, you know, what what the the trend is and, and what the what the optimal uh, way to, to go about that is. And it will give you an alert if it if it applies to the specific game uh, to any specific game. So like you can get an alert if you're watching Chiefs Lions and it's like, okay, bet the Lions in the second half because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, Action Labs will give you an alert on your phone, uh, on your email, all that stuff. And then you can go bet that. And it's the same thing as betting like a live line um, for the game. It's just, you know, betting based on the second half. But at least there's like a, you're betting during like a break where you can kind of calibrate and and make a, a smarter bet. Um, so so that's another thing to to consider as well. All right. This has been nearly an hour long masterclass on betting the NFL. Let's end with this. Uh, Stucky already shared his biggest win ever, November 2019. Pat's taken on the Ravens. Raymond, what has been your ultimate thrill betting the NFL? Ooh, I think it was, there was, I think it was the year Cam Newton was. The last year Cam Newton was quarterback in the Patriots, uh, they were facing the Rams. I think it was a Thursday night game, but I just remember thinking, like, there's no way this dude Cam Newton, 
like gets passing yards in this game. Like there's going to be too much pressure. Uh, they have no receivers. So I just banged like every Cam Newton under like attempts, passing yards, like everything. And he got benched. I believe he got benched like in the, like the first or second quarter, he was terrible. So like that, that was really fun. Or maybe just that Ray Ray McLeod under half a yard. Those are, those are always fun as well. But as far as like a, a multi-bet win, the Cam Newton one sticks out. Cause it's always great when you bet, a quarterback under and he gets benched that is like the Ooh. ultimate that's the <laughs> ultimate remember to bet those unders chris raybon and stucky thank you so much for taking me to school truly uh super super fun time once again i'm maria marino be sure to look out for future experts guide episodes on fantasy football and player props coming soon and if you haven't already check out our other experts guide to betting episodes for nba nhl mlb european soccer and ufc right here on the action network podcast presented by fanduel action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem help is available 24 7 at 1-800-GAMBLER